Sage, ladies. Sage. 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 Strange immediately came to mind. Boomerang. <laughs> Hello, family. This is Corey Murray. Yolanda Sanguini. And I'm Charlie Penn. Welcome to Yes, yes Girl. Girl. So we're in the thick of Women's History Month. Yes. And although it's the month of spring, New York has got us fucked up with Girl. this snow. If I Why see one more snowing? nor'easter, I'm just going to move. <laughs> Who wants me? Atlanta? <laughs> well, it can't be L.A. because L.A. is definitely cold. Yes! L.A. was a little chill. Chilly. Very chilly. Yeah, I need the snow to be over. I'm ready for spring. Yes. But speaking of Women's History Month, we want to give a special shout out to Apple Podcasts, who has included us, Yes Girl Podcasts, in their roundup of bold women podcasts for Women's History Month. Yay! Yay. Thank you, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, we were we were in good company. Good company. Lots of dope queens. I mean, they also feature Phoebe <laughs> Robinson for her podcast, So Many White Guys, Amanda uh-huh. Seals, who has a great new podcast called Small Doses, Angela Rise on One, and Lovey Ajay has a new podcast called Rants and Randomness. And we're right there amongst all of this beautiful yes. blackness and boldness. So also, thank you, Apple Podcast. Side Hustle Pro. Want to shout them out Love as well. That. that podcast is so dope. Nice. And it was on the list. Yes. Okay. So we want to continue hearing from you. Thank you for your talks. We love all the feedback you've given us about Kim Whitley. And I want to say for the record, Yolanda, you came for Kim Whitley first. <laughs> I listened to it again. Uh-oh, that's you why she came it. for me. That's why oh. she came for you. Yeah, Jack Hay was happy. We love you, Kim. Oh we love God. you. It was, it really was such good. a good Thank you, Kim. A, that was a good one. It was but fun. Please join our conversation using hashtag YesGirlPodcast. You can also talk to us directly. I'm at Corey Murray. Yoli Zama at ManWifeDog on Twitter and at CharliePan on Instagram. Who are we talking to today, ladies? Ooh. Icon. Ooh. You know what? You guys are, what do you call it? You, alumna, sisters. That's should true. Do this, we are Hamptonians, as <laughs> we like there to we say. There we go. <laughs> okay. But more than Hamptonians, Black Panther reached Jesus. a billion. A billion Hello. dollars. A bil- Y'all, this is not an exaggeration. This is not like inflation a whole billion a whole billion dollars <laughs> entire universal worldwide global yeah. amazing so we have ruth carter who is the costume designer of black panther and florence kasumba who is one of the dora milage she's actually the one when ok- okoye says go 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 protect the king and she goes off to protect the king while they went to kill kill I think she was the first one to be killed too by Killmonger. No, it wasn't her. No, it wasn't her. Wasn't her. Wasn't her. Wasn't her. scene was it? I remember. Remember when T'Challa was being uh, was fighting Killmonger and he was losing, and she turned and she said, "Is there nothing that can be done?" That's right. Oh, she, yes. did. She, she did because she wanted that. to save. Oh my god, you, know, you just gave me a chill. T'Challa yeah. make- <laughs> so we have a Black Panther extravaganza right. for you today. Those are our two guests. Yay! And Ruth Carter had extra tea about everything she's ever done. So buckle up. She gave us a school lesson. School. <laughs> She really did. She took us She's like, I'm not new to this. <laughs> not at all true to this. Please. Yes. What time is it, Yolanda? Tea for the week. Hey. Tea for the week. Hey. Tea for the week. Yeah, hey. yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> That's how we do it. As. As we are in our beginning of season two, Yolanda, I want to put in a request for you to sing our new theme song. I didn't know we were going to get a new theme song. I think we should get a new theme song. And I think it should be Yolanda's voice. <laughs> We need it. Like the opening music? The opening music. Oh, I live for it. Can we get a, a single? I'm putting that request in right now. A cut. What do they call them? <laughs> on SoundCloud. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to post it on SoundCloud. Remixes. Oh, my god. Open to remixes. Everything. I am going to claim some Tea for the Week shirts, though. 
It's oh, cute. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing that. Do it's it. happening. Coming soon. <laughs> All right. You know, you okay, sh- so tea for the week. So Beyonce and Jay-Z snatched edges this week. And surprised. Well, I, we're kind of surprised. We knew last week. Yeah. Kind of yeah, that whole. You told me, yeah, that whole yeah. fake yeah. mistake. The are here, folks. Yes. The lineup is here. The tour dates are here for On the Run 2. Yes. What do we think? Well, uh, <laughs> love Beyonce. Hey, Beyonce. Forever. Ooh, I hear about it. I'm scared about the ticket prices. I love Jay. I know. I don't have $800 right now, Beyonce. I love you so much. And that's what I heard some of the tickets are. I bet. They always are. But well, they do start at 80. So, that's true. you know, and you if you want to just be in the bin- building. What's the thing? The binoculars? Yeah. Is that the thing? Yeah. yeah. You can just right. be in the oh, room. Bring your Be in the building. <laughs> okay. Quick, quick, quick. Story. Last year, for uh, whatever year that was, the first on the run, Hubby and I went, and he, no shade, he was like, I was like hyping it, like, oh, we paid all this money. We have great seats. So we got there. We had, you know, good seats. But he kept saying, we paid $250 to watch TV in the MetLife Stadium <laughs> because our better view Outside. was this <laughs> was the screen so he was like you are committed to the hive aren't you yes. and I was like you know I am it was a great concert it and was I'm great you gotta be it's about, and it's also about the movement the moment of being yeah. there yes. you know what I mean it and was that's a what, moment and your fellow concert girls like it's really yes. exciting yeah now, everybody was there do you think she'll put out new music that's what everybody's wondering so that braids are back you know when Beyonce She's gets working. braids mm-hmm. and the laptop She's <laughs> on the laptop. Well, she has a laptop and braids <laughs> and no makeup. She's working. She's working. So I feel good about it. But a lot of people on Twitter, particularly, were not here for the Jay Z portion. Can we just talk about it? After four four four, they feel away. They're you know still what? in that four four feeling. I yeah, live in Brooklyn. Like, I don't want Jay to come for me. You met you made us mad at him, mm-hmm. and now you're going on tour with him. So I yeah. saw a lot of that. There was and that's real. You know, we, just we show ride up for okay, her. but still, just show up for your girl. Show for you, girl. Then. Right. Yeah. You know, you can get snacks when Jay Z's on. <gasps> no, if, if you feel. No, yeah, wait. <laughs> I mean, if you feel away, I will be staying in my seat. But if Bopping you, but, to but every you know, song. All right, here's the thing. But if you feel away, you can get snacks. They usually alternate. You know, okay, I'll say this. The thing about <laughs> Beyonce that continues to elevate her, her level of performance is so just out of this world mm-hmm. and. That anyone, and I'm sorry, he's your man. I know he's your husband. Yes. But it's like, after that, I can't. What do you pair that with? What do I pair that? You know Literally. what I mean? Like, he's, she, I mean, he's, he stands there and raps. I yeah. mean, all of them do. Yeah. But I, I, it's, it's the emotions I go through watching Beyonce and then when he comes on stage, it's too much for me sometimes. I mean, yes, I'm going to be there. And yes, I'm going to be there on the gram. And yes, y'all going to be like, I, I heard you try to play. You want going, Corey. I will be there. I'm but, same. Same. All of us. Same. Yes. But I will have Present. critiques. I, I think I have, have a critiques. credit card I can activate for this. Yes. <laughs> Roxanne Gay had the best tweet. She said, I have a separate Beyonce account, so I'm never caught out there. See? Oh, that's factual. Oh, I need to do that. People already yes. bought their tickets today. That's a good financial tip. So and if have you a guys card. are not already following Jessie Wu on Twitter, she's your Haitian sister. I mean, on Instagram. She had the, I can't play it now because it's too far and I don't know how far along she talks. But she was like, if your MCM cannot afford a Beyonce tickets, you need to rethink him. For both M- of you. For yeah. both. Two tickets. Yeah. And floor seats. Floor seats. Section one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but real talk. Every we'll all be there. Yeah. We'll all be no, there. Of course. It's, it's the perfect date night too. We had the time of our lives. It was like he was rocking. Then I got a minute to post my photos. He then I was rocking. Then he got it. But, but I wonder you know, is he going to rock out to four four four? Because it's a very different album. It is a very different. But I remember for the first on the run they did a good medley still. 
Like, even though they had things they could play that were more recent, they gave you the hits, remember? Yeah. They gave you they everything did. you needed. So I, I mean, like they are gonna, they're going to do it. They're going to put on a solid show. Yeah, of course. What do y'all think? Y'all going? We going to see you in uh, Section uh, 208, the uh, listeners? Uh, n- no question. Oh, you mean oh, the yeah, leader, the, yeah. the listener. I was <laughs> what like, do y'all, y'all, y'all I was think? Because like, yeah. I know we'll be there. Will we see you? Yes. Tell us, please. You Hashtag Yes Girl Podcast and tell us if where are you sitting to see on the run yes. to. What, what tickets did you buy? And are there any seats left in your row? <laughs> did you still pay your rent and your mortgage? Right. Do you need a guest? <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of concerts, um, I love seeing Bruno Mars in concert. But um, Bruno Mars, if you were uh, anywhere on the internet this weekend, uh, Bruno Mars was getting dragged because Grapevine TV, shout out to Grapevine TV, which always has really, really amazing video video Mm -hmm. and just talks like things that black folks talk about, uh, black millennials in particular. But they there was one girl, I forget her name, please forgive me. But she talked about how she, you know, Bruno is gets a pass because he's a non-black artist that makes black music. And we like our content from non-black folks making black music, basically. So everybody was dragging Bruno. I mean, a lot of people came and supported him. But I want to know what you guys think. Is Bruno a cultural appropriator? As I pull up my Bruno playlist on Spotify, <laughs> I'm going to say that I'm defending him. I don't, like, no. no. He's always given black artists, black music, shout out, the glory, mm-hmm. even. And even, I saw him years ago in a small place in L.A. And his backup singers, I think the The Hooligans. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's Lit. a black show. Yeah. Yep. It's a black show. Everybody, I mean, he's just like, got really curly hair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I walked out of, like, I just heard R&B, pure R&B. So it's never been a, a question for me. It's, it's funny. Right. His album, um, Unorthodox, is that mm-hmm. the name of it? Mm-hmm. Like, I almost was disappointed in that album because it wasn't as R&B. It was mm-hmm. a lot more pop. Mm-hmm. As the first one. Yes. And, you know, but he made up for it with 24 Carat Magic with mm-hmm. me. So mm-hmm. and I don't also, think he's cultural appropriate. let's be real. Soul is something you're born with. He has it. We mm-hmm. all have it, but sometimes other people get it too. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can de- we can insult someone and say that they're stealing for a talent God gave them. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Like I mean, soul is soul. And you know what? He acknowledged. I think he was at the BET Awards, and he acknowledged how BET Soul or the Soul Train Awards were the first award he ever received as yeah. an artist. Yeah, I think I've said this before on the podcast, <clears throat> but I don't know. It still holds something with me. Yeah, I'm here for Bruno. Same. I'm sorry. Always. And we had, we spoke to Teddy Riley this week. Um, who also was here for Bruno and like Ninth Wonder who's a prolific uh, producer like a lot of artists are coming and saying come on y'all like can we I mean there's there's some point there's some truth to the you know black non-black artists making black music I mean Ed Sheeran you look at other sort of um, they take from black music but I feel like Bruno really does acknowledge where he gets it from, yeah. you know? And he um, always has. And didn't Teddy say something like every time he mentions their name, that's a spike for them? Yeah. He's always paid it forward, went back to where it came from. Like, Bruno just feels like he shouldn't make that list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just want him to pay Charlie Murphy. I mean, Char- not Charlie Murphy. <laughs> oh, Charlie Wilson? Charlie Wilson! Now. Because there was that one song, it was a straight-up Gap Band song. But Which I think he did, get, he did get paid. Oh, that I, was a thing? Yeah, oh, that was a thing. <clears throat> and Charlie said, every time that song plays, just know that I'm good. So Wait, I just read something from <laughs> Friends of the Pod, Phoebe Robinson. She quoted, 
I mean, she tweeted, idea, instead of complaining about Bruno Mars not having talent, he has buckets of it, or being a cultural vulture, he's not, for the 20th time, y'all could celebrate R&B artists who, do, who you do like, but that would mean you actually care about the culture, not clicks on your website. Ooh, get it. Well That's said. real talk. Yep. Show up for Ro show James. Up. Yep, show up for show Tank. Show up for Luke James. And that's what Teddy Riley was saying. And that's yeah. what he also reminded me of. Like, okay, the whole time I was just wanted to go jam. <laughs> oh, jam. Oh, jam. <laughs> but it was a moment. And we all know he literally has, like, hundreds of hits. He's responsible for New Jack Swing. He created... He, he, we tried to say he was the father of New Jack Swing. He was like, no, no, don't call me the father. What did he say? He corrected it. He was like, he said, call me the creator or the influence. It was something different. He was like, no. He's like, we're not going to date me like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Side note, I will admit, I didn't get to go into that conversation, but when he walked out and I, I had a brief moment with him, he looks so good. He does look good. His skin. His skin. skin. Wait, he gave us his regimen. What, what is yeah. it? Oh, God, I can't pronounce it, but he does not play. He gets his products from Korea. He Oh, Korean he, beauty products. Korean I heard beauty, those are yeah. the best. He seeks out what he needs and he wow. knows what his skin likes and he told us. So Julie will have the tea. We got to get it from her. So by the way, I was reading that um, the difference between American and Korean women or Asian women, Asian women are more concerned with their skin Whereas American women are more concerned with makeup. That I could see. So when you want the best skin products, you get them from Asia. Because they love good, which is probably why he uses yeah, Korean he didn't. He products. was like, oh, it's Korean. Like, he was like, let's not play. Yeah. He, do, he has not aged at I all. I mean, he looks like he just he what? just came off doing no diggity. We like, you know like, what I mean? Like He walked in and they were like, oh, Teddy Riley's here. We were like, low-key, like, where? Like we, I was, I was expecting gray, all of it. I was expecting wrinkles, everything. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. And his grown kids were there, and they were amazing. Nice. We met his daughter and his son, but it was the moment. And the next came the next day, y'all. My whole '90s heart is full this week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they performed oh. "Wifey" and "Too Close," I think. Ooh. Yeah, I saw it on your gram, girl. Speaking of the '90s, we lost someone this week. Oh, yeah. rapper. Craig, Craig Mack. Mm. It was just March. He was just 46. My That's goodness. so... Wow. That's it was really shocking. Young. It was shocking. shocking. And I read up on, you know, I, I kind of was like, oh, where has Craig, Craig Mack been? I didn't know. I didn't know he had chose a life, a life with the Lord. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. South Carolina, I think. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. He gave yeah. up his career to follow his faith. Yeah. And someone, uh, a producer who has been working with him recently, I think on a documentary, I believe, said that he was at peace with his illness and that his time... Yeah, I read a line that said like he was he was ready to go. Yeah, like his he time was, was ending. Yeah. So that, that helped me feel better about it. You, yeah. know, to, you know, it's nice to read that. You don't often read that when someone dies at 46. Yeah. Mm. Blessings to his family. Absolutely. Another first this weekend, though, that was yes. some great news to celebrate is Ava DuVernay and Ryan Coogler. Both have the number one and two spots on the best, no, the box office. Box office, yeah. First time in history. Black woman, black man, go for it, y'all. Iconic. For it. Continue Iconic. to support Wrinkling Time and Black Panther. Yes. And Yolanda, you took, you guys, now both, all of your kids, the boys and Jillian I took have the seen boys to go see um, Wrinkling Time. Time. They loved it. They really, I think it was really important for me to see, no, for them to see a black girl, a smart brainy black girl who loves science um, and also is in touch with her magicalness, if that's a word. Yes. Um, we'll make it a word. Yeah, we'll make it a word. Who go check me? Um, <laughs> but exactly. they really they really loved her. They really loved Aww. Meg and they loved um, uh, Oprah as I forget her name, please forgive me. Mrs. Witch. Uh, Mrs. Witch, okay. And all the quotes, they had really good quotes in the film. Like It was just a really good movie to take your kids to see. I will admit, in the book, they don't quote Outcast. They don't. So, <laughs> um, 
I do want to ask Ava, what was that decision? Yeah. But I love it. But just for the record. Mm-hmm. So it Mindy Kaling's, Kaling's character quotes Outcast. Everybody. Yes. Outcast, Lynn manuel Miranda, like... Rooming. Even Chris Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what she says? Yes. Which I one? Go, when she goes, damn. Lamp. Tucker. Tucker. That's what it's Tucker, so I didn't... Okay. Damn. Because yeah. I was like, Tucker. At first okay. I thought she really said good. Trucker. Ah. And then the second time I was like, I didn't Tucker. see it opening weekend. I feel terrible about that. But I'm going this weekend. Go this like, weekend. I'm, I'm, I still want to support. But you know why I didn't see it opening weekend, y'all? Why? Don't judge me. I went to see Black Panther for the fourth time <laughs> and wait for it in 4D. Oh, my God. Which I didn't know I'm was a thing. I'm following your footsteps. Y'all, everyone, please Google a 4D theater near you. Even if it's an hour away, y'all go. Make the drive. It turns the experience into a ride. Wow. Wow. Your seat moves and gives you all the action. And then when the swords and things are going, the, the wind goes past. Oop, just kidding. Almost knocked over my water. That's how excited I am. The wind goes past your ears and under your feet. Wow. And the water splashes and it vibrates. It's like you're in the damn movie. Wow. I thought I couldn't love it anymore, and then I went inside in 4D. Forget IMAX. So after Charlie told me, I literally Googled 4D theaters in New York City. Yes. There's one one in Union Square. Yes! Ooh, maybe I'll do that. There's one in New York. You gotta. It's not violent enough that you, I mean, it's not, you don't move enough that you need a seatbelt, but you move. Because I low-key was like tearing down my popcorn, and then I was like, oh. Let me stop eating this popcorn because it's see you never know when it's gonna move. But wait, so what is the visual experience like? It's same, but it's brighter. It feels a bit more IMAX-y. Got like it. Like the, th- the screen was nice and big, but it wasn't like shaped like an IMAX. Got it. But it felt better than like you know your standard theater visuals. Got I'm it. Just gonna say and that. Sound, no but the sound is good. Everything was good because speakers are right in your seat, and you can turn off the action if you don't want it. But y'all, it sh- it was like a whole new Black Panther. Oh, I no, I'm it. going because yeah, uh, Jillian's going. dad hasn't seen. He's like the only Black person oh, who hasn't seen it. And, <laughs> I, do um, know, I do know two Black people who have not seen Black okay, Panther, girl. and they had the nerve yesterday. So, what's it like? I said, girl, Mm-mm, they're banished from the kingdom. <laughs> what's it like? He's the <laughs> only one talking about some. It's just supporting a man. It's just supporting a man. No, I was like, you know what? Whatever. So I'm gonna buy him tickets, and I'm just gonna be like, we gotta go do something. For Jillian, and we're going to the movies. <laughs> Speaking of Black Panther, let's get into our conversation. First up is Ruth Carter, and then stick around for Florence Kasumba. <laughs> they, they're used to me being extra. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yeah. I just did this for the gram. But Ruth Carter came from the illustrious. Illustrious. Home by the sea. Yes. On the banks of Virginia. The James River. James River. (laughs) Ruth Carter, where'd you come from? What school did you go to? The illustrious Hampton University. Hampton (laughs) University. Extra, extra happy, y'all. Extra high. H. Real. You. You. Hold on. I got to do it the right way. Close your ears because I don't know if I'm going to offend you. No, you but know that I love you. Yeah, yeah. But I got to do it for the people in the youth. Go for it. H. Motherfucking Hampton University. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and you but know no shade. shade. No shade. You know, no mama shade to all the other H's. Uh, well, you know, mama went there first. <gasps> ooh, ooh, ooh. She did just <laughs> speak See, normally I get involved. <laughs> But <laughs> I'm in love here, but I'm going to let it go because this is obviously the HU thing. So. Well, we, we got you beat. We got, you're outnumbered. Outnumbered. So today I will hush. <laughs> and we color because coordinated. Who's here? We color coordinated. <laughs> okay. Ruth I will Carter. hush and Ruth just be respectful. E. 
Carter. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Welcome, you. sister. Thank wow. you for having me. I feel like the first thing I want to say to you is Wakanda forever. Wakanda, Wakanda forever. Yeah, we, we should start and end with that. Uh-huh. Wow. Mm-hmm. But I also say thank you. Thank yes. you. Wow. Yes. You did that. Oh, thank you. My goodness. Yeah. We cried. We we had chills. We held each other. We've seen the film collectively probably ten times. ten times. Right. And I experience it different depending on who I go with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How many times have you seen it? Four times. Four I, times. You know, for me, as part of the creation of it, I need more times to view it to sort of relax. Wow. It's a little too close to it. Wow. I can imagine. Wow. Yeah. But before we even go into Black Panther, okay. let's talk about some of the other. Mm. I mean, this career so is... Many. So, I mean, so integral to black culture and you've really been part of the, the, the movement to kind of push us forward, sure. telling our stories through costume. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, talk about m- all the way to um, Sparkle. Oh, you're bringing um, up Sparkle, one of my favorites. <laughs> you get Sparkle. You did, I'm going to go back, all the way back, Crooklyn. You Ooh, did oh, yeah. Five Heartbeats. Five Heartbeats. Yes. Jungle Fever. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mo Better Blues. Right, right. Oh, my goodness. School, School days. days. Baby Boys. Baby Boys. you just boy. posted on your Black gram. Dynamite. The Butler. The mm-hmm. Butler. I mean, we could go on. We could, we could. go on and on. Malcolm X. But don't oh, kill me. Amistad. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, we could just go. Y'all. <laughs> Every movie that ever touched you in some way with yeah. the acting and the visuals. Love and Basketball. Love I'm sorry, and I can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> and not for Shaft. <laughs> and not for nothing, I was able and very extremely thankful to see you live in action. I went down to the set of Roots oh. in New Orleans. That's and you've seen you before. You created a museum, pretty much. Uh-huh. Your, uh, her costume department becomes a museum. I like heard. you, I mean, please walk us through it. I mean, it's not just fabrics. You're, you're creating a story through clothing. Yeah, because as an artist, you have the responsibility of not only um, dressing actors, you have the responsibility of training the people who are integral to the creation of the work and in educating them as well. And they're very thirsty for the knowledge. So, you know, within the environment that we're creating the, the clothes in and dying and aging, you are imparting knowledge by putting visuals around, having displays. I walk the directors, producers through my department all the time. They would like to see, you know, an update of where we are with things and also be educated. We, I don't assume that people know the details about clothing through the eras and about the black American experience uh, with regards to roots. So you have to kind of put together this, um, this feeling, this uh, this emotional experience as you travel through my department, it's it's important for everyone who works there to kind of know where I'm coming from and the passion behind it. So I always have visuals, even on uh, Black Panther. There's the walls are lined with visuals and and um, mood boards. Um, I also with Black Panther had a huge inspiration um, wall you know, my vision board mm-hmm. and I had masks and, you know, Lesotho blankets and all kinds of stuff there. So when people came into the uh, world of uh, Ruth Carter, they were all, you're also entering the world of the film. How long did you spend before Black Panther researching? Before? Mm-hmm. Like before, I guess before filming or before you had to 
Yes. Pull it off. Um, mm-hmm. Black Panther, we had six months from June, July, short sort of to January. Is that my phone or yours? Ooh, I bet it's mine. I think it's mine. Let me turn it off. (laughs) I didn't turn my phone off. My bad. That's That's all right. right. It's authentic. Okay. I'm sorry about that. Okay. But I will use this as a moment to pull out a little something that I received from Kwaku Austin. Kwaku. Kwaku, is that how you pronounce his name? Okay. Wow! Forgive the name. Forgive the noise, y'all. But he did. Uh, he did the still photography uh, for Black for, Panther. Yeah, he did. And um, but it's beautiful. Yes, and I would say that um, when we were shooting this uh, still photography. Oh yeah! My God! Look at yeah. that! Mm. Yeah, mm. all yeah. the characters mm-hmm. yeah. in costume. Yeah, he's got to send me one of those. Wow, <laughs> that's gorgeous. <laughs> that's got to be on my desk. Um, Every look told a story. Every look told a story. And it's crazy that the day we were shooting that and we pulled together the costumes and got the actress dressed and we did that, you know, family portrait that you see in a lot of the press. I knew then, I had the overwhelming feeling then that this was something so amazing and so special. And I was looking around the room trying to get like an ally who was feeling that same thing. And people were like, you know, on their phones and like the press girl was like, hi, Ruth, nice seeing you. Remember me from Roots? And I was like, do you see what's in front of you? Do you see what's happening here? Do you see what's happening here? <laughs> Nobody can see this. And I thought, I should stand in the shot and get Kwaku to shoot me one time with this incredible portrait. But I was like, yeah, but my hair's not right. And I didn't wear the right thing. And, ooh, I feel fat. So I didn't do it. <laughs> but I, when, when they were all there together, it was overwhelming. Mm. Overwhelming. I can only imagine. Wow. Yeah. Because the chills we got just from watching, you know, I mean, being on set must have been... Being on set, you know, and, and that's why I say I didn't really get that real, true, overwhelming sensation that this was a real special project. I knew it was a special project, but really got that that wham moment, you know, that uh, eureka moment. Um, because, you know, shooting every day, you got a deadline here mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. deadline there. And, you know, I'm meeting Lupita at her trailer at 4.15. So by a.m. 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 So by 8.15, I'm like, where's breakfast? Wow. <laughs> wow. You know. So, wow. yeah, yeah. I, I think we're going to probably come back okay. to Black Panther, but okay. I do want to go all the way back to yeah. Ruth as a young girl, because I'm sure this talent um, began mm-hmm. then. What were the cues around you? Was it was it your family? Like, where did you get this? Um, of course, it's it's otherworldly. I'm not going to say, did your mama give it to you? But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, what do you remember yes. about your sort of vision of what you would do and where did this come from? Um, I guess, you know, as a kid, you know, it was like everybody else. You know, my mom was, you know, a real smart woman. She, you know, uh, always had a, a bigger ideal for us, you know, and really worked hard to make sure that, you know, we had what we needed. But she was a single mother of eight, you know. And so I had five brothers, um, and my brothers were artists. And um, my oldest brother, Robert, is a painter. So he was the artist of the family. You know, regardless of, regardless of what you could do, mm-hmm. he was the artist yeah. because, you know, he was the painter. He had studied art. 
you did big murals, you did seascapes, and mm-hmm. we were always like, wow, look at what Robert did. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, me and my other brother are back there using his pencils and his, you know, his uh, art supplies to to draw and, and emulate him. So art was there. Um, also, my mom, she kind of worked for the city. Mm-hmm. And uh, they counseled, you know, people who were uh, disadvantaged and didn't have money to, you know, afford like real psychiatrists. You know, she was kind of like a social worker, but not. Uh, She worked for a doctor. And uh, a lot of the blacks of our town uh, talked to my mom. And Mm -hmm. she knew all the divorcees. She knew (laughs) all the divorcees. That's what they called them back then. And she knew the homeless people. And she knew everybody. And it was quite embarrassing for me as a kid. You know, my mom's uh, driving us to school and, you know, rolling down her uh, card window. And, you know, like, Mr. Johnson, I want to see you next week. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, we're like down the street from the school, Mom. What? Drop me off here. Drop me off here. Like, and she's like, oh, he's fine. Look, he's got a clean shirt on. And I'm like, oh, my God. But that kind of, you know, uh, living with my mom around all those psychology books uh, just taught me uh, empathy, you know, Mm -hmm. and taught me Mm -hmm. how to kind of look at people for their story. And I feel like my mom was like a storyteller in that way, or she had the empathy for people. And so I, I too, can, you know, transcend, you know, any kind of, you know, weirdness and look at people and see them, you know. So I feel like that kind of uh, revved me up. Um, I, I, I loved theater. I studied theater and was in lots of um, enriching programs through my high school years. One in particular was called Uhuru Sasa, and I went there every oh, summer. Uhuru Sasa? You know, yes, wow. Freedom Now. Wow. And um, Uhuru Sasa was a wonderful program at the University of, of Amherst University in, UMA, in uh, Amherst, Mass. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd go there and they'd have African drums and they'd have uh, cultural programs. And they also gave you enrichment, which was for your school studies. And uh, so my mother like stuck me in those uh, every every summer, and I loved them because you lived on the campus, mm-hmm. you had a boyfriend, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> and that showed me that those programs showed me showed me drama, and drama became something that I really had a knack for, and I liked performing. And we were doing spoken word, but I mean, we it wasn't called spoken word. We were just doing poetry. So I knew about Sonia Sanchez and Ed Bullens, and I can still recite it now, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> That's podcast part two. That's okay. podcast part two. So, uh, you know, that led me to have these mentors who were college uh, students that were um, concerned about the African diaspora and, you know, felt that I was someone who had, you know, some talent and that, you know, were they encouraged me to apply to school and, and you know, and, you know, gave me gave me that, you know, push. Nice. Mm. And so you get to Hampton, and what do you study at Hampton? 
Uh, I was a special ed major. I totally did not go into the drama the- field at first <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't think that it was a field that I could make a living at. Mm-hmm. And so, and I come from a legacy of teachers. I'm, all my cousins were at Hampton. My aunt graduated from there. My uncle was the head of auxiliary services there. So uh, Hampton was my choice, my school choice, and I studied special education. And I thought maybe I could do something with theater for the deaf. And so I studied sign language and they mainstream you right away. They put you in the classrooms with the special students. So, you know, your freshman year, if this is something you want to do, because special ed is really very special. It takes a special uh, heart and a special talent to pursue that as your life's work. And I was in the classroom and I was okay with it uh, for I stayed in it till my junior year. And then I uh, had an epiphany and I switched my major to speech and drama. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Nice. When did oh you God. first connect with Spike Lee? Uh, Spike came to see um, a dance performance called A Night for Dancing. And it was uh, the choreographer was Otis Salid here in Los Angeles. And it was um, a dance performance to the music of Stevie Wonder. And it was so popular. People were lining Adams and La Brea, Lula Washington's dance studio when it was in a little hole in the wall. They were lining the streets to come see this performance. It was packed. And I had approached Otis Salid uh, because I. I was living here in Los Angeles, working for a theater, a, a local theater, and I thought that they needed a costume designer. And, you know, that's kind of how I was at Hampton. I was the hot costume designer on campus. I did all the plays, all the music department stuff, you know, all the fraternity, the step shows, whatever it was, I was that girl. So it was nothing for me to walk up to a choreographer and say, you guys need a costume designer. You want me to, you know, do some things with you? So it was a good way for me to hang out, too, and have fun. <laughs> Being a man. Yeah, be in the mix. So uh, Spike came to see that performance. And, uh, you know, I was there. I had my portfolio. I was showing it to people at, uh, you know, the ma- and in between. Um, and uh, he's about opportunity, taking right? the opportunity. Okay. <laughs> and he showed he told me to, you know, uh, get some experience in film. And I wasn't really interested in film, but he said, go to USC or UCLA and sign up at, in the senior, in the film department on someone's senior thesis project. And so I did. And before I knew it, I was on a set. Wow. So you knew how to sew. I knew how to I taught myself how to sew. Mm-hmm. I got one of those singer patterns, and and my mom had one of those console type sewing machines. Like it was my desk, you know, when it was closed right. up. And then when I you opened those. it up, you know, Eureka, the there's a sewing right. machine underneath wow. here. Those. Yeah, and so I I had that see, those uh, those patterns were like cryptic, you know. And, yeah. You know, I still I, look at those like Ooh, you kidding me? No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. So it seems like when school days happen, then everything. Like it was like a light bulb because you were working like every year. It was a new project. Yeah. You know, it was a time when Spike and Robert Townsend and Keenan Wayans, like there was a new emergence of black filmmakers. Um, we hadn't been seeing ourselves on screen and she's got to have it uh, was a breakthrough mm-hmm. uh, for us to see ourselves in our world, Brooklyn. And, you know, it just created a whole uh, that with Hollywood shuffle mm-hmm. uh, created just a whole genre of of new um, films. And I mean, I was maybe one of one and a half costume designers that were doing it. So Robert Townsend, Keenan, and Spike shared me 
in a sense. It just so happened that when Spike was done, Robert was mounting. So I'd go to L.A. And then when Robert Townsend was done, Keenan was mounting a show. And then when he was done, Spike was back. So I just went back and forth from New York to L.A. for about 10 years. Wow. I love it. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, we just staring at her. I know. know. I'm just like. That is just. (laughs) So all of us decide what to take with you after you're done. Like you have these moments, these boards, these closets, these museums. Mm -hmm. Do you have your own way of taking home a little keepsake or something for you? Your home must be a museum. and it's. Um, It is. We're trying to put an exhibit together because I have Uh done that. I've got Zoot Suits from Malcolm X. I've got... Oh, my goodness. I have stuff from Amistad. I know where things are, you know, um, roots. They didn't know what to do with the stuff, so I have it, you know. Wow. And so there's a really beautiful exhibit there. Where, no, where do you really keep it? Is. Yeah, with the, where's everything? Listen, I have no room for my clothes. Of course not. <laughs> I can imagine. And because I don't have company, because I'm always out of town, uh, there are two gigantic racks in my dining room, wow. and all of the closets are full. Wow. Mm-hmm. Then do you have storage space? No. No, you just put it in <gasps> my house. I, I can come over and help you. Right? Yes. Oh I welcome that. <laughs> we I want do this it. exhibit to happen. Yes. We are so working hard on it for September. Oh, wow. it's really coming yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fast. So retrospective of your retrospective. Work. We want to call it Heroes and Sheroes. You like that? Yeah. yeah. Yes. The retrospective of Ruth Carter. Wow. Oh, I love that. I remember once a friend of mine was uh, wanted to be a costume um, designer. Mm-hmm. She was maybe we were like. 1920 and um someone said okay go go meet uh ruth and so it was new york i forgot which spike lee film it was but this was like two no it was like 97 okay Um, i was just starting yeah so then we walked in and they were like (laughs) they were like there's ruth and then you had a trailer and you we walked into the trailer and there was all these like beautiful outfits and you were sitting at uh, like a sewing machine and at this point I we're was? Not, or I don't think you were sewing oh thank I you I think you were sitting there okay <laughs> so at this point we're like 19 like oh my god Ruth Carter <laughs> it was so it was a long time oh, ago but it was sweet. just such a, a memory I that am, we keep oh I'm appreciative of that memory I hope I was nice I <laughs> no, usually you look am gracious as ever yeah, okay good yeah, I'm was, so glad we got to connect and we're reconnecting yes it was amazing your Beautiful. vibe is so chill <laughs> I bet it must be like to be your intern your assistant the person who rolls the racks <laughs> just to be around you in that space while you're creating so intensely this entire world from which to pull yeah. a wardrobe for just each character. Yeah, sometimes I don't remember that I have like 30 years behind me. So mm-hmm. I go, you know, hey, it's easy. Just do it. You know, like go downstairs <laughs> and dress some of the background. I say that to some of my interns. Just go start dressing some background. That's a good way to learn. Mm-hmm. Just dress them and then bring me the pictures. And they're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's just kind of like the only thing I've ever done. Yeah. For Black Panther, how much uh, of a team did you have? Like, how many people were on your team? Oh, there's lots of people. There's lots of layers. So I wish I could say, you know, it's just one team. And I say, you go to the east. You go to the Mm -hmm. west. Um, But we had about 10 people in L.A. We had another about 15 people in uh, Atlanta. I had shoppers in South Africa and in Ghana and in South Korea. I had a team in South Korea of mm, four people. Mm-hmm. And then if you count like all of the outsourcing that we do to the different companies that make like the superhero suits and all that, you know, there's no a whole no 
another team of people that are working for us. So, you know, in all, I've, I've this number has changed every time I count it up, but I think about 60 people. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. I want to be a Ruth Carter shopper. Okay. Come on, shopper. come on. And my ear was like, did she say shopper? shopper? Yeah. yeah. How, 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 how do you go to her for that. you? How do you become an expert shopper for Ruth Carter? Because, you know, application. Yes. 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 Um, I want to know, again, going back to the roots, being with you at Roots. Mm-hmm. And I remember what I took away from that is learning that slaves only had one outfit. For the year. For the year. And they would change, they would dress in burlap, burlap mm-hmm. and they would change between. Yes. So leading into Black Panther, mm-hmm. what is something that you learned that we may think as, uh, I would say, a black American yeah. that, you know, not everybody's wearing a cowrie shell. Right. And mm-hmm. Kente Club. Like, what, what was your big takeaway? Yeah, the takeaway is that, you know, we all know that uh, the slaves were stripped of their culture, but nobody knows what the culture was. They just know we were stripped. So now we know what the culture is. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of like a connect. Uh, we connect the beginning. You know, it's a full circle moment. Um, we can say, wow, we were kings. We really can feel that when we see Black Panther. And now if you study slavery and you see that they were stripped of their culture, you know what? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's it's just more impactful that this African-American journey um, did not begin with slavery. It actually began on the continent. Mm-hmm. And it shows how, you know, Africans and African Americans are connected. And we all have a thirst and a desire to um, to keep culture in the conversation and keep it alive and know what it is specifically. You know, we didn't, re- maybe we weren't taken as slaves from all over the continent, but I feel like, you know, culture... Uh, culture is culture. Is if you're you're a Mexican American, you have you know a culture that I feel is kind of dying a little bit. It dissipates because everybody you know is into the pop um, pop world. They want to know what Jay Z and Beyonce are doing, you know, instead of um, you know what Mansa Musa was doing. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So I watched this video that was going around where Ryan Coogler was kind of had like a marker and it was like the video was kind of playing on a table and Mm. he was sort of walking us through the scene in South Korea mm -hmm. in the film. Yep, the stunts, the the casino. And also just how it all came together. Mm -hmm. And there are these moments where he's talking about, you know, Denai and Lupita, the the colors of their dresses. Mm -hmm. The Pan-African flag. Was the Pan-African. And I stopped and I said, oh my God. You're like, why did I see that? I could never. Yeah. And so I just want to understand a little bit more about how you two begin to collaborate. He couldn't have done that without you. And oh, my God. To, that was Ruth. Ruth is all in there besides just what they were wearing, but how they all, what that visual is, put them on yes. the screen. Listen, you know, Ryan was motivating in that way. Mm. Like he'd say, you know, like, you know, first you're on this journey of a red dress and you're, you know, living with this red dress. And then you're on this journey of, you know, T'Challa in his black suit. And then you sit down with Ryan and we're talking about Lupita's from the River Tribe. And so she wears green. And so, you know, you have these pieces that are kind of not necessarily connected yet, but you're sitting down with Ryan to have this conversation about the scene. And he said, yeah, Ruth, I have this vision about them coming in and like it would be like the Pan-African flag when they come in, you know, red, black and green. And you just want to drop the mic. (laughs) Right. 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 Right.
party Why on your I own. Why did I see that? <laughs> My mind was blown watching that. Yes. Everything he broke down. Wow. Right he is that way. He is also the one that said, you know, because I'm bringing in uh, illustrations of the Dora, you know, mine look kind of cute, you know. And then we have one that's an illustration from Marvel where they have their their warrior look and they're all covered from, you know, to the wrist, to the ankle. And um, he said, yeah, Ruth, you know, we're in a culture right now where, you know, strippers and all that kind of thing is a part of, you know, uh, it's an acceptable part of, you know, lifestyle. And uh, we already have T'Challa walking around in a cat suit. You know, he can't have cat suit. <laughs> See? See? They were joking on See? me that I was calling it a cat suit. It's but okay. It is, it's a cat it ain't a cat suit. suit. He's a cat. He's a, a panther. Thank you. A, the panther is a cat. <laughs> thank you, Ruth. Okay. Hampton again. Okay, okay. You, a panther suit for the Howard people. You know, we got to break it down. <laughs> Anyway, that see, yeah, but he's the one that said, you know, let's show, let's present the women, you know, as warriors, as real warriors that need to be covered. And you know, I dropped the mic again. I was like, I should have told you that, young man. What a how old are you? Thirty one. You know how old I am. But it's kind of like what you said in our cover story on Black Panther. You were saying like. Uh, this whole idea of like when women are warriors or women fighters are in a bikini, you know, traditionally cheerleader we've seen skirt them. and a uh, bustier. Mm-hmm. But you were but like, no, if we're gonna fight, we're gonna fight, and yes, I need to be protected. Yes, Wonder Woman yes. was giving you a lot of legs. I'm just yes. saying. Like, but you know, Wonder Woman, I feel like they had to honor the trilogy or the uh, the you know their whole story. Mm-hmm. They had to honor the the Amazon women and true. in the historical sense. So that I felt like I felt like it was a beautiful job, you know. And I, I also didn't mind that. They were fighting in that way. I think someone did another version of it where it got even more sexier and mm-hmm. more kind of weird. But the the one the the last one I think was the best looking one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So is there like when when you wrapped when you the cast and crew the hair people everyone all these teams wrapped? Um, how did you celebrate? Oh no! Listen, you are so tired when you ra- rap. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were celebrating the actors, you know, they can celebrate. They have time in between. They work a week here and they got a week off. And Winston Duke, when he came uh, to Atlanta, he didn't start his first day for like a month. And he was like so overjoyed to finally come to set. (laughs) Um, So uh, for me, all of Shuri's costumes were shot in the last week of shooting. All of them. And the people in the lab. And so I had this challenge of, you know, coming up with a lab look that wasn't a lab coat that didn't feel stereotypical that made her young and made her forward and was not cultural what was you know her lab dresses and all that kind of stuff so I was you know bouncing back and forth between the set and my workshop you know showing uh, Ryan the ideas and so by the time the last day came I felt everybody is kind of like you know making t-shirts up and deny is giving out Dora t-shirts and it's like people are crisscrossing in front of me and I am in some kind of a daze. <laughs> and, You're working. Yeah, I'm still working. And I remember going into the hair and makeup trailer and they were, you know, exchanging gifts amongst their department and, you know, as all departments do. And I, I felt like they felt like bad, like, oops, you know, here comes Ruth, you know, and <laughs> we don't have anything for her. And I said, hold up, listen, this is a triumph. I, I, this is a win for me. I need no gifts. Mm-hmm. This, this journey and what I was able to do, what we were able to do is a victory. 
So don't feel bad. Let's keep this party rolling. Yeah. Can mm-hmm. I talk a minute about your personal style? Because mm-hmm. you killed that Black Panther, the first premiere, the world premiere. Oh, yeah. Your Thank you. Your look. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. I want to uh. know about your personal closet and your personal must-haves. Uh-huh. Like, how much do you bring that into? I mean, and even just going through your resume right here, mm-hmm. like Babs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> my personal style. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not, I know it. but still, like but Selma, like all of that. Like, what I guess maybe which movie was most you as far as it may be hard for you to kind of pinpoint what character, unless you mm. do well, you know, as a costume designer, uh, you really do have to think outside yourself. So, you can you can meet a costume designer, a stylist, and you go, Damn, I like the way he looks, look at the way he's dressed. Wow, like I want to look like that, and then they can't dress anybody. They can only dress themselves. Mm. So I am the kind of designer that um, I have my own style. I I feel like I'm kind of, you know, easy and eclectic. It depends on where I am. Um, But I pride myself on being able to look at a subject and look at an actor and know the script and know the character and the story and be able to infuse that on them without interruption of, who I personally am and want to. My signature is going to be there regardless. So I'm, you know, if I'm into, I don't know, sweatshirts, you know, I'm not going to try to cut the Panther suit out of a sweatshirt and be all cool. I'm going to do it in the way that I feel that it needs to be done for the story and for the script. Are you always shopping? Like, no, even if you're not working, are you always just... The, uh, I'm always online. I spend a lot of time online. I look at a lot of inspirations. You know, online happened like midway through my my career. Before then, I was a magazine hound. I had, you know, collecciones. Um, I actually dated a guy in New York who worked for the European magazine uh, companies that had everything. I have a collection of Ebony's. I have... I have all this paper. And uh, so then after uh, the internet happened and we all started using laptops, I actually feel like I was one of the first people to sort of bring the electronic um, ideal to the department. But that's a whole nother podcast. Anyway, <laughs> so I use the internet a lot. Um, but mostly my I have shoppers. Yeah, I have shoppers because if I try to, you know, be the Juan Valdez of wardrobe, then... I'll I'll miss everything. I'll miss meetings. I'll miss I'll miss consultations. I'll miss everyone. So I'm kind of like the nucleus, and I have to have people who kind of get me and know what we're looking for, and actually we bring some of their ideas too because it's a collaborative medium as well. So are they like they're like in the streets? They spot something. They take a photo. Yeah, they they send me stuff on my phone. Yes or nah? And I'm like, get out of there! I hate it. What are you doing? I know you went to lunch, so, you know. Stop playing. (laughs) Stop playing. Like, I was there last weekend. There's nothing in there. Um, No, I have people that they bring racks and racks and stuff. Their car is full to the top when they they back up into the uh, wardrobe department and they unload and they set it up for me to come and take a look through. I sometimes do like to go, like, I'll do, uh, you know, like a discovery trip and I'll go to Prada and... I'll look at, you know, the way Dolce Gabbana is crafting their suits for men and I'll pick up some nuances from what the fashion designers are doing. So not only do I like to look at it online, I also like to go and sort of look at how the 
workmanship is done so I can kind of, you know, steal some ideas. Yeah. It's funny, we were talking about ASOS, Charlie and I, and our former yeah. fashion editor was saying that one thing that's key for her when she's shopping online is to watch the videos yes. and to see how the fabric is moving. Oh, yeah. I was, I was like, my whole too. life changed. I was you like, have to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have to. Yeah. I think because I'm yeah. curvy, I have yeah. to watch it because yeah. yeah. otherwise it, it, will, it can't yeah. just slip yes. on. Exactly. The picture doesn't yeah. tell the whole story. No. And then no. you want to see that, especially with me being well endowed. Yeah, on the same, top. same. I'm like, how does it hug the girls? Yeah. Right, exactly. The videos, yeah, are really, really great. Before then, I was like reading like content and Mm-hmm. you know measurements and all that kind of stuff yeah so what are you mounting next mm-hmm. what is your next project um my next project i don't know um i've gotten a lot of scripts and since the black panther came out i wanted to just kind of ride this wonderful wonderful wave of people being appreciative and making so many people feel good about culture and love the costumes and just see what comes up i was on silver sable black cat with sony i feel like i'm still on it uh, gina prince blythewood is um nice. directing it and she, we're just waiting to get a script approved but you know take your time gina yeah i need <laughs> sister needs a break yes (laughs) i do want to ask you just about you know we are here um in la this week for black women in hollywood we did honor you that was nice um when in you know when you did school days i imagine there weren't a lot of black female costume designers in Mm -hmm. hollywood Mm -hmm. how is it now is it are we are there more women of color let me not just leave it to black women but are there more women women of color in the costume department well you know i've always brought on interns and they have made me proud and gone on to design rita mcgee who did the um the uh god what's the the group of five kids and they were dancing in there well god i can't remember anyway rita mcgee uh, 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 Belle Biv DeVoe. Oh, New Edition. Oh, New Edition. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, nice. She oh, did she that. Yeah, she nice. did that. And uh, her sister, Alita, you know, also Ayana James. Oh, yeah. She's um, insecure, right? Insecure. Yeah. And Rita does Empire, too. Yeah, she oh, does nice. Empire. She started with Empire first season. Also, um, there are so many people that I feel, um, you know, helped me along the way in the beginning. There was uh, Francine Tanchuk, uh, as a designer, Michelle Cole. Uh, Valerie Adams. They did TV and they did features. Uh, Francine did Soldier, uh, not Soldier Story, but uh, the one Denzel got the uh, Oscar for Glory. Glory, thank oh, you. Wow. Oh, man, it A must be early. What time that? is it? It is early. Yeah, oh, Francine Tantra. Good to know. And then there's Sharon Davis. You yeah. know, Sharon and I worked together on the Five Heartbeats. She was actually a supervisor in my department and she branched off right away. So we were kind of parallel. You know, she did uh, Django and she did the and Dream Girls. Oh. She did the Help. You know, so there's like there were like three of us, three of yeah. us doing features and like four and a half doing TV. Um, but we have actually brought up as many. That's been kind of the Spike Lee way, you know, the Forty Acres way to, you know, each one teach one. Okay. And so I've brought in some people, Donna Berwick, you know, nice. yeah, Sandra Hernandez, who did uh, Donna did Juice. Nice. Uh, Sandra Hernandez has done some amazing stuff too. Nice. Are there any shows? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm like hogging the thing. Sorry. Are there any shows or television? I'm sorry, or movies now that you watch and think, oh, that's great costume. 
Oh, yeah. Design. Oh, wow. You know, I had an assistant a long time ago. Her name was Ceci. And uh, she does Dear White People. Nice. And their clothes are fantastic. She's always been amazing uh, eye and amazing taste and talent. Um, and, you know, we just came up assisting each other, but sort of like I was the designer, she was the assistant. But, but you know, if you were to see us in a room, like, alone, fighting over the clothes, you know, you would have thought she was the designer <laughs> and I was the assistant. But it all worked out. It. Worked out for her as well. Nice. What Wakanda style have you loved that wasn't in the film as far as the people showing out and up to watch the movie in full regalia? Uh, which one have I seen of the like, people going to see the film yeah. that I've loved? Or just the, the fact that people are cosplaying and really being yeah. inspired. You know, I, I, I feel, I find that, you know, just the pageantry of it is awesome. I think it's hysterical when people's dressed in the coming to America's uh, look <laughs> and they put the little lion on their shoulders and they have the, the, the funny hats and stuff and they're doing the James Earl Jones thing. And I was like, y'all don't get it. This is Wakanda, not Zamunda. <laughs> right. <laughs> What? Get it right. Get it right. And then I love when people come and they're like, I'm just, it's a lifestyle for me. And they look Afropunk and they may just have done their hair and they put the dots on their face. And then I, then I started thinking, wow, you know, people are actually, you know, embodying the culture. Yeah. And that's really nice too. Nice. I love it. So I will be. I'm planning to be Adora for okay, Halloween. I've, been, I've said this. Yes. Okay. I will be making my costume. Beautiful. What tips do you have? Um, <laughs> I need to get this I've right. seen lots of Doras being made by okay. cosplayers. And um, I think that uh, the best ones um, pay attention to like a, a few fine details, like okay. proportion. Okay. You know, don't make the tabard like a, a sandwich board. You know, it needs to be a, oh, a tabard that starts under bust and ends at your knees. Oh, okay. Um, the if you do something on the shoulders, it doesn't have to be made out of metal. It just has to be metallic. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, and okay. so that helps. Um, if you do the neck rings, do the necklace too. You know, uh, otherwise it's just some neck rings. You got to do the necklace underneath. <laughs> got it. You know, the, just little things like you put black tights on and draw lines on it if you want or do some uh, hot glue and paint it up, you know. But, okay. but you know, be ingenious, but also, you know, be meticulous. Yeah. You were meticulous in this film. Yeah. Because so. I remember watching it. We went, there was like an African screening yeah. of the film. Wow. <laughs> Everyone in there was African and... Um, there was one point where T'Challa... Did I make them proud? What? Okay, Ruth. good, good. See, that's um, important. The, the attention to detail was phenomenal. Um, I remember one friend from Ghana pointed out that Kente is only worn in special occasions. Yes. And I always, I didn't know that. You know, I'm not West African, but there was a part where when T'Challa finally becomes king, mm-hmm. and that's when you see the Kente, yes. when he goes into the... He takes the throne. Yeah. Yes. Like mm. details like that are what made people like, okay, they really paid attention. Yeah. And it was hard. It was scary. It was instinctual. It was, you know, you can't, you can't every time you do something like, wait, let me go get my research book. Wait, let me go get my notes. You know, some things have to be organ- organic and, you know, when it feels right and it is right, you know, mm. and some of that was, you know, instinctual and, you know, because the whole royal um, idea 
idea of 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 the Black Panther meant that we had to deal with you know everything in more of a beauty way and a more upgraded way. So I wanted yeah. to uh, before we wrap, I wanted to show you how Ooh. Yolanda here dressed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That same neck piece. Oh, you do? I love. I bought it in uh, in Cape Town. Oh, I got it in Durban. What? Yeah. I love yeah, it. Well, we did that. You we guys. <laughs> Wait, and there's there's Laduma there. Yes. Who is the one in the red in That's the front? That's That's Essence McCoe. Now. That's our host. Jeez. Now. You guys. Okay. Represent. <laughs> yes. Very nice. Well, very nice. Thank you for representing us. Thank you for representing our culture as a Hamptonian. Thank you for representing Hampton. Yes, Hampton. H U love. But thank you, regardless. Thank you for representing. Thank you. You have made us so proud. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm trailblazer. Oh wow. You know, and and had no idea we would be uh, received. You know, so abundantly, and that that's something. That's a once in a lifetime experience that I'm I'm wanting to relish in and cherish. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. (laughs) Wow. I could have listened to Ruth Carter all day. I love her. I love, and I'm. What I really want to do is go back in time and go to the costume set of Black Panther. Like I feel like I needed to be in that space. Yes, and I'm marking my calendar to stalk her for the day that her museum a gallery of her finds her Real pieces. Talk. I will be living for and that. And if there's any truth to the Black Panther two, and if she's cast, oh, I'm going. Like, Just putting it out there. But Charlie, who do we have up next? Florence Kazumba, Dora Milaje. She was part of the cast in the movie, and she talked a lot about what it was like to really be a part of that magic, even though, Corey, we did talk to her a little bit before the film dropped. So I want y'all to know, please don't come for us being like, you didn't even talk about plot lines or whatever. We talked to her way before the film dropped, before any of us had seen the film. I don't even think she had saw the film yet. No, and she couldn't spill tea then, y'all. But it, the tea, Marvel NDAs are real. Okay, but she gave, it was a great chat. Up next, Flores Kasumba. <laughs> Just want y'all to know, I'm... I'm actually about to tear up. Uh oh. Because we're having our first podcast with a cast member from Black Panther. Yes. Which is arguably the best movie of all time, and none of us have seen it except for you, probably. The most highly anticipated movie of ever. Um, of all time. Who's here, Corey? Flores motherfucking Kasumba. Yes. That's how mm-hmm. I do it. <laughs> Hi, doll. How are you? I am fine. Welcome. Welcome. Girl, this movie, I was just telling her before we started taping, this I haven't seen black people, black Americans, this excited for a movie in like, I don't even know when. The fact that y'all tickets have already sold out, mostly. First of all, who are you? Tell us who your character is. Where are you from? <laughs> Give them the tea. And all of that. Because we know everything. But. I'm yes. Florence Kasumba, and yes. I'm playing Ayo. And I'm a, I'm a member of the Dora Milaje. Mm-hmm. Say it again. Say it again. I'm a member of the Dora Milaje. Girl power. Oh, yeah. And we are strong. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, Charlie and I, we're only new to Black Panther because of the film. But who is the Dora Milaje? What is their backstory? Well, we're basically there to protect the royal family mm-hmm. and Wakanda. So we're highly skilled women that you kick yeah. out. We're there for the security. You hold it down. You hold it down. <laughs> Y'all are the army. Yes. But somebody has to. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, fellas. Sorry, guys. Mic drop. You know. I love that. And y'all look fierce. You are fierce. I mean, I've only seen the trailers, but I'm I'm in my living room kicking shit. Like, I'm ready to defend. This is amazing. Okay, but I do have to admit, 
the work that makeup and costume people do. You know, like mm-hmm. we don't walk in like that. And that's also what I keep wanting to tell people. When you get to look like this, you know, when somebody works on your face for an hour, for two hours, mm-hmm. sometimes for three hours, you already feel so good when you're finished. And then you step out of the trailer and then you put on this beautiful costume. And that already always made me so happy. And I was so proud that I was one of the few people that were allowed to wear these costumes, you know. Mm. And and when you then have a couple of women looking like that, there's already a certain way how you walk and how you move because you don't have the freedom anymore like how you have when you wear a normal T-shirt. So it's not just only us. It's like all the people that make us look like that. And I imagine when you guys all walked on to set together in unison looking like that, it, there was like an effect, like people were moved. Yeah, most of the time people were like, oh, whoa, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, I don't know how I look like when I'm in costume because I don't actually look into the mirror. But mm-hmm. I do understand that people, when people have like, let's say, eight, nine, ten women looking like that, mm-hmm. walking towards them. I mean, what happened naturally was always like we would come and then people would move. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. that was something. But I do have to say, we're also athletes, so there's a certain way how you carry yourself anyway when you walk through life. And I think that, in combination with wearing these costumes, just made it look like okay, we don't want to mess with these women. What shifted in your mind when you put on the costumes that Ruth Carter designed, and it was quite beautiful. But like, like, was there a mind shift? Yeah, because the thing is, once I'm in costume, I become Io, and Io is someone you have to put yourself back in order to surf for someone. So playing Adora Mm -hmm. means Mm -hmm. you surf. You know, it's not a glamorous job because when it comes to, let's say, dangerous moments, you Mm -hmm. put yourself there. You go out there. You know, normally it's Mm -hmm. natural to go the other direction. Mm -hmm. We go in there and we are there to make people safe. And that is something that you feel straight away. Like what I had, for example, a lot of people always said, oh, my gosh, you're so serious. But the thing is, when I wear this costume, I know that the eyes are on me. And there's a certain way how you carry yourself because I have a lot of respect for that role. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not just playing it, but it means you are strong. You are patient. You know, like we are at a lot of meetings where you have to be because you protect the royal family but that still means like you're there but you also need to be invisible because these people have to discuss or talk about things that other people are not supposed to hear so you serve and you know it's not about us it's about the the big picture you know make Wakanda safe and that is something that you feel the minute you get into that costume and in so many ways I feel like you know here in, I know you're from Germany but in America that's how I mean, it may be all over the world, but that's how where black women are in our families. We feel like we sometimes are protectors, obviously. We want to be that first line of defense and love on everybody and protect everybody. So I just feel like that's going to resonate in our hearts when yeah. we see this movie. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, and that is something why I'm also so proud of my colleagues. I'm talking about the other Doras. This is something that nobody had to tell us. You know, it was very clear that when we walk on stage, mm-hmm. we are quiet. We are standing there. Sometimes we had to stand for hours. You know, you need to be very disciplined. Yeah, everybody has to, you know, like every single character, depending on where you are in the scene, you have to have a lot of discipline and wearing this costume where you can't move around a lot. At some point, your back hurts and everything starts hurting and getting very uncomfortable. But yet it's your job to be there and to be strong and to be proud. Yeah, I'm curious, what do you your costume in your real life? Like, what do you have to put on that makes you feel like you can serve? Like for me, it's red lipstick. 
Like, if I have my red lipstick on, I'm ready for everything. What for you in your personal life? Well, in my personal life, I'm ready anyway. You know, oh. like, I think that's an attitude. That's like when mm. I wake up in the morning, I want to be positive. I want to be ready. You know, I'm also a mother. I'm a wife. And I just, I am ready anytime. And I also, that has, I think that also comes with age. I don't want to de- be dependent on things. You know, when I was younger, there were certain things that I needed in order to be ready. But when you don't have it, or, you know, like when you travel a lot, there are some places where maybe it wouldn't be a appropriate you know and mm-hmm. then I still want to be comfortable and I learned in the last years I want to be ready anytime and I don't want to be dependent on maybe makeup or what I wear you know like even mm-hmm. if you give me a garbage bag I will be ready too yes yes that's just I think an attitude for life no I no, feel that that's, that's real and I like to feel like I know for me personally I feel like my smile is my armor mm-hmm. you know what I mean like it's part of me and as long as I'm smiling it's gonna be all right I'm ready you know, I feel and I know that I'm in a place where I can face anything. Yeah. So I get that. But I do ready. like the lipstick, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> she's like, but yeah, I have to still say that, you know, because because that's something I mean, I don't have hair and that's a choice. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like stuff in my face, mm-hmm. but I do like a red or a good lip. lip. You, are, you complimented my lip the minute you came what, in here. I this lip it. you got on is cute. Yeah, but you know that when I walked in there, it's the first thing I said. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I like your workplace. I mean, like, I like I like that color. She's like, lip. <laughs> she did. Oh, yeah, she did. OK, so I have to. You grew up in Germany. Mm-hmm. What was it like being? Being a woman of color growing up in Germany, I've heard great things about like from people who visit and travel to Germany. Black women, they they've had good experiences. So, what was it like growing up in Germany? Well, I do have to admit, when I was young, it wasn't that big of a deal because I never thought about that I'm a person of color. Mm-hmm. And I think it changed when I became a teenager. And I remember once I was in love with a guy, and and I told someone, "Oh my gosh, and I really like that person." And then he said, "Like, well, you're cute, but you you look like you're burned." And I know mm. that was supposed to be a joke, but that's the first time I was really hurt. And I mm-hmm. thought like, okay. And then the m- more I changed, you know, becoming like a young woman, mm-hmm. the more I would hear comments, you know, not like at my school or in my environment, but like when I would go out. And luckily my mom prepared me for life. You know, like my mom, mm-hmm. she would tell me things like, look, we're in this country, there are certain rules and not everybody will like you. That goes for everyone. That doesn't mean you are black and not everybody will like you. You know, sometimes you meet people and you don't like them, but you need to respect them. And it was good that somebody taught me, like, you can go through life and you walk into the door and people won't like you. And you haven't even done anything, you know, just because of you, where you maybe come from or your look. And I also notice I go to places where people are not that open and they have a problem with me not having hair. Mm. Or I usually wear black, you know, so the combination Mm. of being a woman and also being very athletic and having no hair. And Mm -hmm. I walk around, I don't say like a farmer, but I always wear boots, you know, or like I'm very comfortable the way how I look. Uh But when somebody teaches you or raises you to be confident, that doesn't mean you go through life and everybody's going to be like, oh, wow. I mean, like even... I don't know when when I'm with my friends that look like me, people sometimes feel threatened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it... I always need to be in a certain environment where people then are like, oh, okay. Like when I did The Lion King, the musical The Lion King in uh-huh. Hamburg, it was, of course, a new experience because I had all these colleagues that looked like me and that understood me and everybody was loud and, and strong and I never felt like uncomfortable because I thought like, oh, yeah, that's what I like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, But most of the time, I'm making good experiences, you know? Like if I would compare my life I'm at a happy place and things are changing. I prefer being in bigger cities because people are exposed to 
people from different countries and then it's easier than when I go to a little village where nobody has seen a black person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I know they filmed a good portion of Black Panther in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. thanks to green screens. What was it like being in the American South? Well, you know what? This is something I had to admit or have to admit. I didn't educate myself enough because I came and I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be in the South and it's going to be so dangerous. And and again, just because I got to see or be at a certain place doesn't mean I can talk about Atlanta. I know how Atlanta, especially when I don't go out and everything. But I was in Midtown and I was so comfortable that I already noticed when I landed and I was at the airport and the attitude of the people, you know, like like strong people. And they just tell you the way how things are and with no filter. And mm-hmm. I felt immediately very, very comfortable. They're welcoming. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, I, I had a nice time there. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta is popping. No, it is. I was actually shocked that they were going to be filming there, but it seems like this Atlanta is becoming a really big film hub. Mm-hmm. I loved going there and working there. What did you eat? Did you eat biscuits? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweet tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! You can't tell like, though because you fear. Don't feel guilty. What the thing is? This muscle tone is everything right now. Yeah, but, but you know what's so nice? I used to watch what I eat depending on what I do, but you have no idea what training we had to go through. And we still go through because you never know. <laughs> you know, no like you, it's like being ready. Yeah. I always have to be ready, but this already started when I was like 18. So since 18, I'm always ready. And now when I train so hard, I just eat whatever I want to. Now, speaking of training, mm-hmm. you, it says that you are a martial arts expert. No, I would not. Well, if it says that, it's wrong because I'm not an expert. Because when you do martial arts, you never are done learning. There's so much I have to learn. And trust me, compared to other people, I'm at the beginning of my path. But I definitely showed up for work and I knew what I was doing. Like nobody had to say like, oh, Flo, uh." (laughs) <laughs> so how did you get, I, I, I want to know more because martial arts is something like you know we watch women powerful characters in movies kicking ass and I'm like I want to learn a few things but I never do so tell me about getting into martial arts and how that's passion for you that's awesome well as a kid or as a young person I was never interested in that because I thought like oh that is something that I don't know like like maybe guys do mm-hmm. um, and I'm a trained dancer so I started dancing when I was young and I went to musical theater school so I learned how to dance mm-hmm. and then when I have two kids and my kids started with Kung Fu a few years ago and I would always drop them off and then I would sit around for an hour until they were done and while they were doing this I looked down at the at the other room and there were people doing Qigong and I thought like well if I wait for my kids I can just do a class and I started doing it I thought like oh my gosh I really like this you know and that's like very slow but it's still very very strong and after a while I realized having a dance background I need something something else and then I transferred from Qigong to Shaolin Kung Fu and that is so hard you know (laughs) especially when you when you decide to doing that like after 20 <laughs> you know yeah but again i mean like uh, i've been in a good shape when i did musical theater but when i started doing martial arts it changes a lot you know like i also have amazing masters they are Ch- uh, shaolin monks and they don't teach me oh this is what you do when somebody does this you know i mainly do kung fu and tai chi in order to stay in a good shape and mm-hmm. when you survive these classes you know that when you're on a marvel movie you can survive. You know, there's nothing worse than showing up for work and they tell you you have to do this move or you have to run down the hill a hundred times a day. You can't collapse. 
doesn't matter whether it's raining or whether it's hot or whatever, whether it's slippery, when you have a good base, a good technique, mm -hmm. which is very boring, you know, learning technique, doing your basic drills. But this is what you need in order to be able to do a movie like that. And of course, if you don't have it, they made sure that everyone who maybe didn't have that background was still able to do what we had to do in the movie. Mm -hmm. How far in advance did you all train? And were your tra was your the Dormalage training different from the men's training? Uh, well, we started the Doras, or some of us started training in a November. 2016 and that was just pure training also like getting to know okay how does she move is she going to be able to do this what can we do with her how much time would we need in order to make or get her ready mm -hmm. and then there was Christmas mm -hmm. you know like when you have your fittings and everything is fine and you know there's Christmas and you yes. know and you eat you know what I mean yeah, yeah. yeah. so it was a little concerned I bet Christmas in Germany it must be off the chain yeah. but, but then we came back like in the first week of January mm -hmm. and yeah that's basically when we started training and it was basically like picking up us in the morning mm -hmm. starting at 8 o'clock training mm -hmm. doing basic drills with weapons, without weapons, you know, like I saw myself doing things where you ask yourself really like, am I really doing this right now? I'm talking about like doing front rolls, jumping over people, you know, back rolls, all these basic drills. But I can tell you, I once shot a scene in that movie where I fell accidentally and I turned and I saw a rock and I didn't even think about it, but I immediately turned around. And that's something that just happened because of my training, because, you know, at when something happens your instincts just take over right yeah and that is also what we needed for the movie because there were people that would make a choreography for fights but then you know when we show up on set and it doesn't work because of the angle then it happens that somebody says like oh no we need less people we need more people you need to do this try to do that and then you need to be flexible you know then you need to be like oh, okay i can do this move because you don't have time when we come on set and that is something that I started, of course, years ago, mm -hmm. but then getting this specific training for, okay, we're going to work with a spear, and that's why these are certain things that you need to do, and they need to be clean, you know? And we did our basic drills, and it's very boring maybe to look at, but that's what you need to do in order to function when they say action. Question, you and Daniel Kalulia mm -hmm. um, both have backgrounds from Uganda. Mm -hmm. Did you guys commiserate about that on set or well, any moments? Sometimes in the car, you know, like when you travel to work and, mm -hmm. and, and there are similar, similar things that, you know, like, you know, when you have <laughs> Ugandan parents mm -hmm. <laughs> and then sometimes you would be like, oh, my mom would say that too, like stuff like that. But he was, uh, I think, raised in London. Huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then me being raised in Germany, you have a lot of Africans in Europe. Europe mm -hmm. that are maybe or were born in Africa but then at an early age came to the other countries and that's why I don't say I'm disconnected but I never learned my mother tongue for example because when we came to Germany my mom she said look we want you to function here we don't want people to think oh she's not educated or you know so it was all about fitting in and mm -hmm. making it work yeah well we have a few more minutes left what you want to know, Craig? I want to know what you bring into the Black Panther premiere. 
I knew it. I need to know what you're going to wear. What's in your purse? Y- you know What's what? Well, first of all, I don't even know what I'm going to wear because I do, I how do you say that, carpe diem? Like, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I live day by day. Like, for example, on Monday, I didn't know that I would be in New York on Thursday, Friday, you know? So, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so I know that this is happening in, in the near future. And by that time, I will sit together and know what I will wear. What will be in my purse? Well, depending on probably comics. <laughs> Snacks. We just kept talking about all the like food. All the food we're taking. It's like an event. It's an event. We will have food, coordinated outfits. I think I will cry. I think I need to bring (laughs) tissue. No, really. Yeah. Yeah. I. I, Yeah. Do you plan on like going to like a regular theater to see it with the people? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the first thing. Like I said that earlier in other interviews this is the first time that I'm doing a movie where I'm like look when this thing comes out or even before I want to order my tickets and and, you know it's not just going to be for for my family but also for everyone else I want to see the movie with because Mm -hmm. it's so special and we worked so hard and you know, I even have the attitude, like, no, I'm going to pay the money, you know. Normally mm-hmm. you go in and you're like, yeah, I'm going to see it anyway because I'm part of the cast. It's the first time that I'm saying, no, I'm going to buy the tickets because it's so important. Yeah, and we wanted to break records. I mean, it's already yes. breaking records, but we've been saying that. There are people, Corey's um, a friend of ours, that she bought back-to-back tickets for two shows. Because she knows she we wants to see time. it. <laughs> we still have, Yeah, but you know what, with the trailers... You watch the trailer and then you have to watch it again and again and again and again. You know, mm-hmm. with a movie, I will need so much time to really <laughs> see everything. And although, you know, like when you're filming these scenes and you've spent a lot of time there, you still want to know. There's a lot of stuff I don't know. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen. And I don't know how all, all of that looks like, you know. I felt it when I was filming it, but I don't know how it looks like. I will say this. I did the about the woman of Wakanda Book, comic book series that Roxane Gay and Tanahase Coates wrote, and your character Io is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot the other character's name. I wish for a woman of Wakanda movie. Mm. I'm just putting. Can it we out claim there. that? And we're claiming it. Well, we just need to put it out there. Yes, you know? come on, fill it, fill it, fill it. Exactly. No, Stories. I need that. Corey, you should have done that because now I'm ready for that. No, it has to happen. It has to happen. After we see the Dormelage, the way that y'all gonna kick ass. No, yeah, that's the thing. You know, when we were training, I kept thinking. We need to work together more often because, you know, after a while, you know, you start moving the same way, you know, Mm -hmm. you start dressing the same way. It's so weird, you know, we're all grown women, but yeah, you know. Ooh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, we are so excited. We wish you guys continued success. I mean, it's already a hit with it's people. It's already. We didn't even see it yet, and we love it, right? That's what we love about <laughs> our people. We haven't even seen it, and we love it. But we know it's going to be a hit. We wish you continued success. This is phenomenal. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. For coming you. By. Thank you. That was nice. Yay. See, told you. See? Living room, sisters. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Thanks to our guests, Ruth Carter and Flores Kasumba. If you enjoyed these conversations, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes Girl, such as our conversations with Lena Waithe, Jesse Smollett, and Gabrielle Union. You can find these on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts. On Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us while you're there. Thanks to producer Steven Silos, audio engineer Chiquita, Pascal, and Gold Standard Creative for our music. We'll see you next week. Hey.